It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white local racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Today's show, we got a good one lined up for you. We're going to have Rob Marsh of the Dirt Crown Series. Going to be joining us talking about the freshly announced Dirt Crown TV and then in turn number two, we're going to sit down with the next generation of racer that's going to be Roman Mason. You've heard us talk to Rowan Mason, who is uh, currently in North Carolina pursuing his dreams of becoming a NASCAR team member. And uh, we're talking with Roman Mason, who is currently driving Tom Grosso's go-kart around Eagle Raceway, Mini E, and throughout, throughout the surrounding areas. We're going to talk to Roman coming up in turn number two. So let's get down to the nitty gritty and the uh, the details of the announcement of the Dirt Crown TV. Rob Marsh joining us on the show now. Rob, thanks so much for taking time out of your night. Hey, you guys are great. Appreciate the opportunity here to uh, share what's going on and uh, being on a great show with you guys. Appreciate it. So you guys started off by having this little touring series that was scheduled really effectively and then mother nature and, and uh, uh, COVID said, oh, hold on, you guys aren't racing. And then you guys got one year of racing under your belts and all of a sudden you're creating a TV station or a streaming <laughs> platform, really. I, you know, from day one, when Scott and I got together for that uh, first uh, spring series, the goal to us was to help racing. It had been about 10 years since I'd been in a car. I wanted to get back involved. Um, love the sport, obviously. And Scott Angel being around the, uh, every aspect of it forever, his whole life. Uh, we wanted to do something to give back. That was our motto then, and it just has carried through. Yes, we had some bad luck with Mother Nature and COVID, um, but this last year we kind of divided the season up instead of just putting it on one weekend. We had the first ever Crown Stock Car Series all uh, spring, summer, and fall long in uh, Nebraska mostly this last year. And uh, man, got a lot of awesome support from tracks and drivers. So I don't know, now, now, there's a lot of tracks guys that don't have the opportunity to have streaming services. Uh, and not all tracks are for it. Um, is it the future? I think the way it's going, you know, lots of people love to watch races and, and sometimes you just can't make it to the track. And so the broadcast world, and you guys know that everybody knows it's been around for a while, but there's still a lot of tracks that don't get the opportunity. Um, so we wanted to step in and, and help. So maybe our new idea can uh, provide provide that for some people. So one of the big complaints that Dirk and I have shared on on the front stretch and in, in, in social media is when a streaming service comes in and basically takes over for a racetrack, unfortunately, far too many of these streaming services don't pay out to the racetracks at all. No pennies, no dimes, nothing. It's you've got to take our streaming service. And we're taking all of the revenue generated from it. And you're just going to miss out. So that's probably put a lot of bad taste in a lot of racetracks uh, promoters mouths. How are you guys approaching this situation with the dirt crown TV? Uh, It's simple. We're just being fair. I, I believe that everybody should be get treated right. That racetrack is taking a risk by signing up with a streaming service. Uh, The, the family down the street might be sitting in the garage and just rent it there and not come to the track and and buy some sodas and nachos and you know that's money off of a racetracks out of their pocket that they didn't receive i guess to to help the races we get it we also know the the flip side of that is that uh, there's there's racer or there's people from all over the country that want to watch good racing and you guys know we have great racing around here so we want to be fair and we want to be transparent um and nothing against any streaming service that's out there we just want to talk really about what we're going to do is um, we have come up with a percentage that we feel is right towards the top of any streaming service out there that we're going to pay our uh, pay the tracks that join up with us we want them to be treated right we know that their costs of doing business have escalated just like the racers i mean let's not forget about the tracks everything costs more for them as well so we are we've got a pretty nice um uh, rate that we're going to give uh, the tracks for every subscription, uh, every viewer, I should say. 
So we just want to be fair. We want to be right. They put a lot into us, a lot into this deal, and they're taking the risk. So we're going to make sure that they are taken care of. And I've read on your guys' post that you put out on uh, Sunday evening that um, that the racers are going to have the opportunity to be able to make a little bit of money off this also. So, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of great people that watch the races and they spend good money to watch, watch it. And uh, how can that be divided up? Dirt Crown TV, and I, I should, and I guess we can go to how we kind of got to Dirt Crown TV in a second, but uh, it's one thing, we're going to pay the tracks very well, but we believe that uh, the racers are putting their uh, their money, their time on the line, and they're the ones that are putting the show on, guys. I, I think it's time that we start paying them for the broadcast rights. I mean, you guys have seen broadcast from NASCAR all the way down. Um, racers are featured, their cars are featured. And yes, they get their sponsors' names out there and everything, but their talents, and if they do well, they get paid by the track. But why can't we why can't we do more for them? And I think the streaming service is a great opportunity to pay our racers directly, not some crazy formula or nothing directly. And the way we're gonna do it, guys, is we're gonna have a code, a driver's code for every member of either the Dirt Crown Stock Car Series, the SLMR East or West Late Model Series or the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Car Series, every driver will have a code. And when any viewer wants to log on to a Dirt Crown TV event, they can just put that driver's code in, and we're going to pay those drivers $5 per viewer that watches with, that, with their code entered. So obviously, maybe some won't push it, but some have great Facebook followings, uh, big, big circle of friends or family, you know, if they want to watch, catch their uh, driver race anywhere in the Midwest, if it's on a Dirt Crown TV uh, night, that driver will get five bucks. And it might not sound like a lot, but if you add it all up together, it could be quite, quite nice for the drivers if it's from getting their pit pit uh, pass paid for or their, their fuel paid for. So we need to treat the drivers better. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, we want to treat the, the drivers um, so we want to give some of this back to them. So I guess that's where we're at with this whole deal. And, uh, yeah, guys, I, I think it's, it's the way it should be. Derek, you got anything for Rob yet? Yeah. I was just thinking here, if we're spreading out some money to the track, we're going to spread out money to the drivers. Is this going to be a per race subscription or is there a season type deal? Because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like a flow subscription, whatever, a hundred bucks or 130 bucks for the year. And I'm thinking if you got 13 races and you're going to give five bucks to, you know, whatever driver that I pick and, and try and make some money for the track and stuff, you know, I, I just don't see how a season deal would work for you. Well, right now, guys, we're, we're setting at about 35 races on our schedule and I need to back way up here. So Joe and Steve Kaziski uh, are joining forces with Scott and I at Dirt Crown. Um, so Joe and Steve are going to bring the SLMR and the Malvern Bank Sprints on. Um, so we've got roughly that's going to be divided at a third, a third, and a third between the sprint stocks and late models. Um, so 30-some races, if you do buy an annual pass, and, and guys, I've heard it both ways. Half a dozen people say, you know, this way, I, I love buying it nightly because I don't want to waste the, the season, the 150 bucks flow deal. I don't want to do that. It's too much money. I only want to watch a few. Okay. Um, so there's some streaming companies out there that do nightly, but then there's some people just for the convenience that love to just, let's just buy it. We'll watch however many we watch and, uh, they have the annual. Well, guys, the service that we're going to be going through, we are going to get, we're going to offer our viewers the best of both worlds. We are going to do a nightly and an annual subscription, um, to give our viewers both options. So, Yes, the money, maybe not. I, and I've had some promoters ask me the same thing. What's the catch or, or how does this really work? How's, how are you going to make this work? But um, yeah, I, I still think if you were to watch, let's just say you watched a dozen stock car races, guys, and it cost you 150 bucks to do it. If you do the math on that, that's less than 15 bucks a night. And we both know that you can't watch a race um, for 15 bucks a night, you know. So um, that's just one example. And uh, that's if you buy the annual, but uh, we're also going to have the, the nightly um, 
viewership or and we're also going to have a replay pass a monthly replay pass so we want to give the viewers even in this deal more options just like the tracks and the drivers we want everybody to have a better better uh say in this whole deal well you said there's 35 dates now are some of those conjunction dates where you have uh well just like last weekend harlan you know shelby county had uh, the 360s and the slmr you know, maybe there's going to be some SLMR and uh, dirt crown races, or is that 35 separate races between the three groups? I, I'd say there are going to be a few nights that you're going to see, you know, SLMR and stock cars, or like you said, SLMR and 360s and, and 360s just this next week in Deschler, there's going to be a 360 and a dirt crown stock car. So it's going to be right in the mid thirties total, but there is three or four crossovers that are going to get us into that mid 30 range and we are still working on the schedule we've got most of the tracks so far um have given us the thumbs up and uh, there's a couple still thinking about it so we're going to probably land right in there somewhere when it's all said and done well i'm just i'm still going back to the trying to uh put the financial part together and and so you you buy the thing um like you're saying roughly 150 bucks for a season pass is that where it's going to end up Yep, we are going to be at 150. Okay, and just say I watch all the races. If I pick a driver every night, you're going to pay out more than 150 bucks. So I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, we're going to give. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, but if you don't watch all of them, Dirk, then then maybe we made it. We maybe we made a dollar on you. But uh, this yeah, is the goal. No way I can make them all. I mean, I'm just I'm sure. just putting the numbers sure. together and the what yeah. ifs. Yeah. And, and the business model is different. This isn't your typical business model, but I'm going to tell you, Joe Kaziski has been fantastic to work with. And ever since he stepped away from I-80, his goal is to make sure that tracks and racers are taken care of and he's going to do whatever it takes. And, and we're honored that we're going to be joining him in this. This isn't going to be a let's get rich type of deal here. Okay, guys, this is going to be let's take care of the tracks and the racers and give the viewers something pretty special. So, you know, we're going to have to have some help with some sponsors. You know, we're, we're building our brand. Our Dirt Crown Stock Car brand is growing. And uh, we're just here to help. That's the honest to God truth in this whole deal. We want to be sustainable. We want to be around for a while. So, I, you know, racing's great, but let's just keep making it better. And I think this is another way to help make it better. I love this business model because, you know, as Dirk and I have talked about several times, I'm very frustrated with some of those streaming services where it's, we're taking all the money and we're going home with it. And it, I, I think in, in that aspect, uh, I, I applaud you for taking the higher ground and not saying anything, but I have taken the low ground and I have called them out several times uh, because I don't think that's right. I think the racetracks need to get money to help offset the ticket sales and the concession that they're missing out on. And I love the idea of drivers getting a portion of this too, because that's only going to help you guys. If uh, Jordan Grabowski and uh, Shane Stutzman and, and uh, Hunter Worgen, and these guys are out there promoting it saying, Hey, use code this to watch the races tonight. And I'm going to get paid back. I think more people are going to be inclined to get the race. And, and I know I'll be that way. I, I, there's been several times that because of work, I wasn't able to make a dirt crown race. And boy, I tell you, I, I really suffered the next couple of days because I got to hear from James Rowland and Ryan and Anthony and, oh my God, did you see that dirt crown race? And I said, nope, I didn't. <laughs> but now I could make it up. Uh, yeah. And guys, I, you know, there's a lot of our races and obviously the SLMR and the sprints. There's a lot of races that are already covered uh, with their with those tracks and and other streaming services, and we uh, we are going to support them. You'll see us promoting that on all of our Facebook pages. We are a team player here. We're all we want to make sure that our drivers and our tracks get noticed. Um, they need they need all the support they can get. So we're a team player, but we just wanted to fill in the gaps and make sure that all of these drivers um, and tracks get taken care of. And yeah, I, I think it can all work if the racers all just pitch in. I mean, if they do nothing, they might make five bucks. If they work hard at it, they might, you know, and if they've got a lot of friends and family or sponsors that do watch and um, it just puts money back into the pot more. It will give more money to the racetrack. And in turn, obviously, we know the racetrack's going to keep keep their uh, services going very well. They're probably going to 
feel good about paying, you know, the next time that series comes around, you know, paying well. So I, guys, I don't think this is a bad way to do it. I think if you just all put a little bit in here, you can make this a lot better. Um, so I really enjoyed working with Joe. Scott has too. And um, we're just race fans. This is just our hobby. Okay. And uh, if we, it's just like when we were in a race car, we were wasting money on the car. Well, maybe now we're just, maybe we're wasting money just helping everybody else, but it's the same deal. So I just want to see it keep going. I love you guys for putting the show on and being around it at the tracks and helping out. And um, I'm glad to be back in it. We just want to keep doing it together. Well, the sport is definitely better off with you involved in it. So the big hard question is you guys have got a uh, race scheduled at Thayer County Speedway uh, next weekend, I believe it is. Uh, when can people start uh, subscribing to Dirt Crown TV and when is this whole thing going to get launched? Yeah, that's a great question. We Right now, we did just go live here um, on our website. It's dirtcrown.tv. Now, we, you, you cannot... Uh, you cannot get subscribed quite yet. We have not taken care of some of the work on the back end of the website uh, and the analytical business part of it. But uh, I really think we have the goal of over the weekend being able to really launch it. And, uh, and at the same time, we're going to be building our membership driver codes so that when you do go to view, if you're going to sign up for an annual or to buy the first race, that you'll have your favorite driver's code right there. And, uh, so that's going to take us a little time. Our team's starting to work on that. And uh, anyways, long story short, our first race will be next Friday night at Beatrice Speedway uh, with the Spring Nationals postponement from March. They moved it back to Friday. It's a one-night deal. And that's a great dirt crown night where it's a 3000 to win, uh, $250 to start race with, with uh, IMCA mods getting paid more and then the other IMCA classes as well. And then we'll head on April 23rd on that Sunday to Thayer County Speedway. And that's an interesting night. Besides the Dirt Crown stock cars, the 360 sprints will be in action. Um, just give you the next couple right after that. Uh, Off-road Speedway, May 13th with the 360 sprints. And then Friday, May 19th, a very interesting night at Boone County Speedway. Uh, Joe's SLMR West Series will be up there. And uh, Delmer Pelster and the crew up there are going to host Modifieds. Ooh. Haven't been there for a while. So those are our first four races. We're building the schedule as we speak. It's filling in really nice. And uh, I really hope by over the weekend, we can show everybody exactly what we're going to do all year long and then turn this thing on so everybody can start uh, purchasing. And now, you said one, one more thing I had, um, Den, so you're going to show the whole program in its entirety, support classes and everything, or just the <laughs> featured slmr 360s no. and for crown cars no we're we're dirk we're there for the for the track we're there for every racer um so it's everything our guys are there our crew and equipment are there so if you view our races you're going to watch everything from start to finish and that's dirtcrown.tv right dirtcrown.tv yep right. and guys i just want to throw this out here um we're going to come with a pretty good pretty good setup of equipment and crew we're not we're not going to just get in there and do it quick and, and have subpar stuff. We're really going to work to have a great bot broadcast. Um, so, you know, if you guys are up in the booth ever, I, I hope you guys um, can see that as well. And, and at home when you're watching it, I hope you feel good about it. Obviously we're going to be learning, but uh, we think when it's all said and done, you're going to be pretty happy. Um, we're putting together a really good team of uh, qualified guys. So can't wait for you guys to give me your opinion on how our broadcasts go. I can't wait to see it. Rob Marsh of Dirt Crown and now DirtCrown.tv. Rob, uh, th yeah, thank you so much for turning your camera on and showing off your whiskey bottles behind you. Now I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, guys. Hey, sometimes that's what you got to do. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for letting me come on. Thanks, Rob. I, I Thank you for Thanks, what you Rob. do for the sport and let us know how we can continue to help. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, man. So just hit end, uh, leave meeting and, uh, We'll finish up the rest of the show. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Betty. <coughs> Once again, that was Rob Marsh of dirtcrown.tv. Um, I, I think this is a great deal. I, I do kind of struggle to see how they're going to make any money off of it. But so far, what I've heard from the back end of those guys is that they're not really interested in making money. They're ideally, they would like to break even and then give out all the money to the drivers and tracks. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, 
the way, you know, when I'm sitting there throwing numbers, I'm, I'm going, well, it's going to be tough to break even at that point, but yeah. you know, I hope it works for them. I think it's something neat for the area. And if it does work for them next year, you'll see these popping up all over in all, all kinds of regions. I, I really, if this takes off and becomes a thing, which I really hope it does, I think it'll put pressure on, on those big streaming services that are just robbing the tracks blind. All right, let's move on. We got a little bit left in turn number one, and we got some huge news this week. The almighty Chase Elliott has risen. Oh, wait, no, can't use that term. Uh, Chase Elliott is returning to the cockpit. He will be behind the number nine Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 for Hendrick Motorsports back at Martinsville Speedway. Now, uh, you may remember that Chase Elliott suffered a tibula fracture. Um in, on March 3rd in a snowboarding accident underwent okay. surgery. Tibia. 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 I keep throwing that L in there and that's the wrong bone. Well, it's the other bones, the fibula and you uh, just make them together. You make right. one bone. They, they merged. It's anyways, he broke shirt, broke, broke shirt. Uh, man, this, I haven't even been drinking. He fractured his tibia, tibia in a snowboarding accident on March 3rd. Uh, he was medically cleared by uh, doctors on Tuesday of this week, and after doing some simulator testing in Concord, North Carolina, uh, he decided that he would completely he would officially return it back to the uh, race car in Martinsville. He has been cleared by NASCAR. He has been set forth, and uh, he'll be back in the race car. So all is is good again. I'm I'm surprised he's picking Martinsville because. Driver-wise, that's uh, a very hard race for on a driver. I, I, I agree with you. I, I You would think maybe wait until a speedway or super speedway where the, maybe the G-forces aren't as much, but, man, you're really, you're really sucked into that, uh, that seat when, when you're uh, at Martinsville. Well, no, the G-forces are going to be a lot bigger and a lot more speed than what they're going to be at Martinsville. But Martinsville, with 400 laps... I mean, you're on and off the gas twice a lap, you mm -hmm. know, so a lot of footwork. Yeah. And I just think that, it, I, you know, you go to Talladega or whatever, you use your right foot, you put the hammer down and then you shove it stick in there and <laughs> wedge it in the roll cage. So you got cruise control, you know, yeah. it's all done. But yeah. uh, no, it's just physically a tough track for the driver. So I'm surprised he's picking it to come back. They're obviously very confident that Martinsville is the right track for him to return. And it's a good track for him to return in the sense of he's a pretty dominant guy there. He's uh, a favorite to win most every time. I don't think he's going to be a favorite this weekend is it's kind of an unsurety of exactly how he's going to be able to react, react in that car with the leg, you know, maybe back to hundred percent, but maybe not strength wise yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I, I can't say I'm sure, but, I would think there's probably uh, going to be Josh Berry hanging out just in case he's needed to jump in yeah. the car that, you know, he gets halfway through and he says, yeah, my legs pooped. Let's get yep. me a new driver in here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but yeah. Uh, speaking of fill-in drivers, uh, Rick Ware Racing announced that Zane Smith is going to be filling in the number 51 at Martinsville this weekend as Cody Ware has been indefinitely suspended by NASCAR for uh, driver conduct violations. Uh, we already talked about it on Tuesday's episode where Cody was arrested for uh, strangulation and assault. I can't remember. I remember strangulation was in there and so was assault, but I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but um, as that trial is continuing and he's going to be figuring out his future so far, Zane Smith set to fill in for Rick Ware racing in the number 51. Uh, they did make an announcement that they are committed to continue their, um, full season commitments sponsor wise and schedule wise. So we'll, if Zane's going to fill in full time, or if they're going to have a rotating number of drivers throughout that car, uh, I do, they do expect to continue to race the number 51. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess that they will have a rotation mm -hmm. um uh i because zane i do believe is still in a full-time truck ride so the trucks are going to be there this weekend i think at martinsville with the cup always always worked that way before 
Um, and that's probably why he's got the ride. There might be other uh, races where they're going to uh, pull up a uh, uh, Xfinity driver, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I mean, Matt Crofton was in the truck last weekend at Bristol and then filled in. So I think there'll be a, and not necessarily a parade of drivers, but I think the driving chores will get split up probably between four to six people. Yeah, I think so too. All right. I think that's all I've got for NASCAR news. You got anything? Uh, no, I, I don't know. Did we cover on Tuesday? I don't think we did because I don't remember it coming out until later on Monday that Hendrick Motorsports decided not mm. to appeal the penalties from Richmond. Yeah. Yeah, we did not cover that. I think you tagged me in it later that night when I was editing the show for Tuesday's release. Um, yeah, I, I, and I missed that one. Hendrick Motorsports, yeah, did announce that they would not be uh, appealing the penalties from uh, the, the post-race inspection uh, for the cars that went to the R&D center, correct? Uh, correct. So I don't know if that's a result of NASCAR's rule change. So they know they did something wrong. Maybe they didn't think it was quite as bad, but since NASCAR is not allowing this appeals panel to cut the penalty in half or anything, it's all or nothing. Yeah. They just said, well, we've got something there, so we're going to get the nothing part, so we're not going to bother with it. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's a good point. I, I wonder if that's that's where their thought process was, was prior to that rule change, uh, that they thought, well, let's appeal it and just see if we can get the penalty reduced. And now it's, uh, even if it was before with the, the, the issue they ran into with the four teams getting their penalties, they thought, let's appeal it and see if maybe we can get the penalties reduced. Even though, yeah, they, they kind of caught us with this part. Let's see if we can get the penalty reduced. And now that's not even an option. So they're just kind of saying, well, never mind. We're just going to take the penalty and move on. And the only part I don't like about it is they still haven't said exactly what they did. Yeah, I, I got to do a little bit more research. I remember there being a, a conversation with uh, Kyle Bush at Bristol last weekend. He was in the media center on Friday or Saturday doing interviews. Somebody asked a question that that the way it was worded, I don't remember exactly how it was asked, but they basically said, do you believe that NASCAR is going to be more transparent on these violations and where the violation was and what the part was so that teams have better information. And Kyle just basically laughed and didn't answer it. <laughs> well, yeah, that was him saying, no. Yeah. Name changing. Yep. And, and by the way, that was him probably saying, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. <laughs> that too. Even though, yeah. even though when he switched teams this year, I think he's probably, uh, uh, and he's having a good season. Mm -hmm. He's probably not minding this as much right now. What, where, where do you sit on that? Do you think NASCAR needs to be very clear about what happened with the cars that went to the R&D center and were, were fined? Uh, does NASCAR need to advertise what they found? Or do you think that NASCAR needs to continue to kind of sit in this veil of secrecy so that other teams don't find a way to get around the way they detected it? Oh, no, because they need to be very specific. I mean, if it's found at the track when they, you know, I've sat there and, and sat right, watched a, a mechanic take a part off a car that I found in the inspection line, and they just walk over and place it on a table. It gets tagged, and everybody in the garage can see it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everybody in the garage ought to know exactly what they did. I have my, my problem with this is what would they have done in, this, uh, in the greenhouse area just for Richmond? Because you know darn well that NASCAR took a look at, at that specific location on these cars at Bristol. Mm -hmm. And obviously the cars are okay. I don't think Hendrick had time to build new cars, you know, in the three or four days or whatever. So, because yeah. um, the cars for most part are done about four to five races out in advance. You know, that's the way it always used to be anyway. And now with the cars all being the same, I don't know if they're quite that far out, but, uh, you know, they're still done, you know, several weeks in advance. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I, I think there does I need know. to be, I think there does need to be a little bit more transparency so that at least the fans can, can understand why, what NASCAR found. And it also helps educate the teams too. But I, I can see the flip side of that coin of, if you're saying that, 
that the teams were cheating in this way and we found that it was this type of performance enhancer, or at least they're cheating this way and this is the way it's outside of the rule book. Is it going to tell Stuart Haas Racing how to do it without getting caught? No, because if they do it outside of the rule book, if a car comes into the R&D center, it ought to get caught no matter how it's done. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's probably going to say, don't waste your time cheating like this. That's what the teams are going to learn. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's the first day in 2004 when the Toyota pickups ran in the truck series. I mean, I was actually the one that found the issue. And I'm not bragging about that. It was just a fluke deal that I found. You know, I'm just looking at this part going, something's not right here. And then I got to digging around and I was like, oh, well, look at this. And there were six, I think, six Toyota trucks at the track for that Daytona 500. And every single one was cheated up exactly the same, even though it was three different teams. Mm-hmm. It was all part of Toyota. And those guys were all sitting there working to whenever. But that issue never showed up again, you know, the rest of the year. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move forward. We got a little bit left before we're going to head over into turn number two and talk with Roman Mason. I wanted to talk about the weekend of racing to come. All right, guys, I had to drop in a quick edit uh, Thursday morning after Dirk and I had recorded the Fred Stretch podcast on Wednesday night and done a whole segment talking about the Icebreaker Challenge coming up Friday and Saturday at Eagle Raceway. On Thursday morning at about 9 a.m., Eagle decided to cancel the weekend, and I kind of agree with them. Now, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get Dirk's opinion on this because he's busy doing other things, and I'm just going to drop this edit into the show prior to it publishing at 10 a.m. on Thursday morning. But Eagle says that we have decided to cancel the Icebreaker Challenge. With a lot of teams traveling great distances for the event, we have decided to make the decision early so that everyone can make other plans. We don't want everyone to show up from hours away just to have the event rained out. We're not able to do a full single-day show with all of the classes on Sunday. We thank you for understanding. Now, there is still going to be open practice on Thursday because Thursday is going to be beautiful. Friday is supposed to be pretty nice. But there is a chance of thunderstorms in the Eagle area on Friday night, and then it gets really cold overnight. High of like last I saw was high of 46 for Saturday with some more thunderstorms scattered in. So uh, I give Eagle a lot of applause for this. Now, granted, you could say, oh, he's an employee, so of course he's going to give Eagle a lot of uh, applause because I also give Roger. Uh, a lot of credit because when it comes to getting races in, he's very hard-headed and he wants to get the races in, especially if teams and crews and fans have traveled to the racetrack. He's not going to give up on the first couple of drops of rain. He'll continue to work the track and he'll continue to get the track into working condition. And right up until the point where he feels that he can't get the track in, in raceable condition, then he decides to call the races. And sometimes that means we sit at the racetrack for three, four hours waiting for something to happen. And uh, they're just being a little more proactive on this. Uh, I, it sucks that we're going to lose the race weekend. I was really looking forward to seeing if the uh, IMCA late models turned out on Friday for their 600 to win. It was going to be a great Dirt Crown stock car event with 2,000 to win. And, of course, your sport mods and modifieds on the board bill also. Uh, Saturday, personally, I really wasn't looking forward to being out there with the heavy chance of rain and the cold temperatures. But... It was my job. I was going to be out there. I was going to try to make the best of it and have a good time and want some good racing. But uh, inevitably, the the decision was made by Eagle Raceway to go ahead and cancel the weekend. So Thursday practice is still on. Friday and Saturday, the Icebreaker Challenge has been canceled at Eagle Raceway. So uh, Icebreaker Challenge falls once again. And uh, Eagle will turn its attention next Saturday, April 22nd, to the 60th season opener featuring all of their IMCA stock, uh, excuse me, IMCA uh, sanctioned classes. And there's going to be a 60s car show in the courtyard. So playing on that 60th season opener and uh, having a 60s car show out in the uh, courtyard prior to the races. So. That's going to be the next plan. I do believe US 36 Raceway down in Osborne, Missouri is still on uh, for the time being. They're going to be featuring sport mods, stock cars, mod lights, sprint cars, and wingless sprint cars. That's all that will be going on uh, down in Osborne 
Missouri for the Spring Nationals, US 36 Raceway. I saw Stu Snyder and Tyler Drukey already confirmed they're going to be heading down there for the Friday races. I don't know what the weather's supposed to do down there, so keep an eye on their Facebook page, and hopefully they're able to get those races in. But looking at B-Mods, Stock Cars, Mod Lights, Sprint Cars, and Wingless Sprint Cars. It does say IMCA Sprint Cars, but it doesn't say Race Savers, but I imagine it's the same thing. So it uh, looks like pit gates open up at 2 o'clock, grandstand gates opening up at 6 o'clock, hot laps at 7.30, and racing to follow. Grandstand tickets, $20. Seniors and military get in for $15. Kids 7 to 12 get in for $5. And kids uh, five, uh, 6 and under get in for free. If you're looking into getting pit passes, those are $35. All that information can be found on US 36 Raceway Dirt Track Facebook page. And again, they're going to be doing their Spring Nationals Friday night in Osborne, Missouri. I forgot to mention earlier that Crawford County Speedway and US 30 are both going to be holding practice on Sunday, this coming Sunday. Uh, Crawford County Speedway added a, um, a wall in turns three and four. So if uh, you're not used to that racetrack, haven't been there for a couple of years, it's a great time on Sunday to head over there and uh, test out that wall and just kind of get a feel for it before the season starts. And then again, US 30 racing, I think I said they're from two to six going to be on wow. Sunday. Don't test out the wall and don't get a feel for it. Just learn to drive and realize it's there. All right. That might be a better way to put it. And they also have test and tune day uh, Saturday up at uh, Ottawa Dragway. Mm -hmm. So if you want to try and make a whole day of it, drive up there, watch the straight liners and head on down to Eagle Saturday night, watch them turn and uh, get your fix on. Uh, this coming weekend at, for the NASCAR race, the NOCO 400 at Martinsville Speedway. We talked about Chase Elliott coming back into the uh, number nine for Hendrick Motorsports. So he'll be racing this weekend. They're going to have practice and qualifying on Saturday. Practice is going to start at 3.35 our time, and they're scheduled to have everything wrapped up with qualifying by uh, 5.30 our time. And then the race is going to be Sunday at 2 o'clock. Make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickens Contest. And don't forget to find out what Rick can do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Uh, I'll tell you that my financial advisor, and there's a certain reason why I can't say his name, but uh, my money is still holding very firm, even with the uh, volatility of the stock market. So if you're interested in uh, uh, moving your, your retirement money, your 401k, your IRA, your whatever, uh, find a good financial advisor and... Um, and go with him. And, and by the way, don't forget what Rick could do for you, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Yep. And when you make your selections this week, don't be surprised uh, that those penalty points that weren't taken away last week from Richmond for Byron and Bowman, if you had that them in the Richmond race, they are now taken away. So if you see a, if you try and figure out where 60 points disappeared to from last week to this week, that's exactly where it happened. Yep. And uh, I assume you you ended up getting hit with one of those points because it looks like you fell to seventh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know who in front of me also got hit with those 60 points, but uh, I was uh, in second. So I can't figure too many people did <laughs> because I had Christopher Bell this week. So, yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about it. I don't agree with how they do some of their stuff, but. You know, I just don't agree in this case that they haven't told anybody exactly what was done. You know, yeah, so I, I, yeah, like we talked about earlier, I, th I think NASCAR probably needs to start at least giving some information about that. But yep, we just get to talk about the sport; we don't get to run it. Uh, I am currently sitting back in sixty fifth, so yeah. I mean, I jumped up a little bit. I'm back up into the top sixties, baby. I'm making my move. Uh, <laughs> you got us gonna... right where you want us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all in front of me <laughs> that's going to do it for us in turn number one we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back a young racer in the area roman mason we've talked with rowan mason who's in concord north carolina actually he might be on his well no he's uh he's in north carolina today and then i think he's headed to the racetrack on saturday or uh, maybe even friday but uh rowan mason is pursuing his dream of being in nascar roman mason is continuing to pursue his dream of being in kart racing He's currently racing uh, one of Tom Grosso's cars. We're going to talk to, about, talk to Roman about his history in the sport, although it is brief. 
it's interesting. He did a great job sitting down with us at the World of Wheels Car Show. Yeah, the kid's a hoot. Uh, he's he's going to be a lot of fun to listen to. I'm sure this interview probably edited out really good. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure I'm going to have to do much editing to it because he was he was clear spoken and intelligible and didn't have a lot of the uh, the typical what I'm doing right now where I'm saying um 13 times. He he did a great job with us. So, hey, type, what's that? I use a ball of energy. Yeah, hang tight. We're going to be back at turn number two with Roman Mason on the front stretch. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or 6 boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Rolling into another interview. Big thanks to the guys down at World of Wheels Auto Show. Uh, our, you said sixth year of doing it? Six or seven. Yeah. How did we get started with this? Um, Is that you? Is that your fault? No, that was your fault. Oh, okay. Um, with Roadkill. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Back in the... when. Tuffy's had the, the booth here from Bellevue, and yep. we set up there just, we did one day, and then we were stupid enough to volunteer to come back every year. <laughs> oh, how it escalates. <laughs> uh, big thanks to those guys again. If, if you miss, the, we say it every year because these interviews air after the, the car show, but uh, I've heard so many people say, uh, it just wasn't what it used to be. It wasn't what it, you know what, walking around this place, it's still worth your 20 bucks you paid at the door or $18 you paid in advance at the O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, nearest you. But uh, really cool deal. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous cars. I hope we get some time this afternoon to walk around and be able to see them. And I, let, I just love looking at this stuff. That'll let you be BYOB, though. No, they don't. I mean, yeah. we, we kind of did. but Well, yeah, but I'm just talking about <laughs> regular you know, people. when you order yeah. a beer and you get a credit app. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, joining us on the show now uh, for another Quaker Steak and Lube interview, a uh, carter around the area, something we're going to try to get a little bit more into with promoting the carters, the, the young, the next generation, the young guns. Uh, Roman Mason, who is driving Tom Grosso's cart. Roman, uh, welcome to the front stretch. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, talk a little bit about your career. How, how did you get started in racing? What's your family lineage? Uh, whose fault is this, really? Um, so a few years ago, um, my grandma and grandma, they own a motorcycle shop, Butterfield's MC Parts. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they sponsored uh, Jimmy. Grasso. Yeah, Jimmy Grasso, Jimmy Grasso mm-hmm. Tom's son. Yeah. Um, and then since he uh, passed away... Uh, Tom still wanted to keep his racing on, but since yeah. he was getting older, he didn't want to, like, keep racing. So uh, since my uh, grandma and grandpa sponsored him, or sponsored Jimmy, he gave me the opportunity to race a cage cart. And um, it took a couple years for most of the parts to get here. And then uh, I think it was last year I started racing. And so. then... After that season, um, my grandma had a uh, annual hot dog days, mm-hmm. is what we call it. And um, that day, the uh, cart was there, and my uh, mom and grandma were like, how much do you want for this? So we bought it that day on the spot, and ever since then, this is going to be second racing season and second year in the auto show. So yeah. Tom's kind of returning the favor with the yeah. sponsorship deal. 
That's good. And uh, it's how did that conversation go? Did, did you first talk to him, or was that something that he kind of talked to you about of, like, would you be interested in doing any dirt racing? Um, it was one Monday night. Me and my family were eating uh, dinner, and um, my mom walked outside to take a phone call, and uh, she came back in and was like, you know how we always go to I-80 and watch races and all? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And then uh, she was like, how would you like to do it? And I was like, I would love it. <laughs> and then she called Tom back and said, yeah, he'll do it. Yeah. So oh, Awesome. That's really cool. So, and then it took a couple of years to get all the parts and pieces in and to get the, uh, the cart ready to go. Talk about that first year behind the wheel. It, you want to talk about a learning curve. I mean, you've been in the grandstand, so you kind of watch these guys a little bit, but there's a lot to take in when you're sitting down in that cart for the first time. Uh, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming the first time. Uh, the first time I sat down, I said, holy crap, this is a whole different level. You, you actually said crap? Yeah. Okay. He's not old enough for those. Let's stick with crap. <laughs> uh, so far, Dirk's trying to get him to use four-letter words, and he's offered him a beer. He, so. used, a four, he used a four-letter word. I just, true. I just want to make sure it was the right one. I'm the one supposed to be offering people beers. You know how I am with detail. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's a whole different deal than, than just sitting in the grandstands and watching in, it. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to practice the cart a couple of times, or was it? Um, no. Ever. They offered me it, and then, like, two years went by. And then here I was sitting at the racetrack. Mm -hmm. Any any kind of racing you did in the meantime? Like, did you go? I mean, you were still too young to go over to Joe's Karting and do racing, so yeah. you couldn't do that. Anything you got to do to get ready for any it? Any BMX kind racing of, or anything like that? Mm -hmm. or? No. I mean, yeah. I learned how to ride a bike at two, and then... Uh, <laughs> I was going to do motocross because I had a dirt bike at four. But after that, well, Tom offered it, so I went straight to dirt track. My dad still wouldn't let me race a motor have a motorcycle at, like, 12 because he's like, no, Dan, you're <laughs> going to kill yourself. And I was like, yeah, you're right, Dad. I finally stole my brother's when I was, like, 14, so I, I ended up getting a motorcycle. And I was just noticing the other day that my road rash scars have started to heal up nicely after 30 years. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, all right, so first year sitting down in that cart. Talk about how that season went for you guys. Um, the first, like, five races were not so good because I was still, like, scared and overwhelmed. So I got last, and then my mom took me to uh, Joe's Karting one week. And ever since that day, I just started getting second and third until the end of the season. Yeah. What, was then, it, what was it about Joe's Karting that kind of helped? Was it just you being solo on the track to be able to kind of get your corners right? I think so. I think it just, like, helped me, like, focus in on, like, everything that I need to do instead yeah. of not do. Yeah. How to hit your line and yeah. et cetera. Yep. And uh, because then you didn't have to worry about a driver being around you. Yeah. So you were able to focus on that. And then once you got that, you were more comfortable in it. Yeah. How did you end up finishing in the points that year? Um, I think I got around, like, 250 in yeah. points. But the last four races I missed because mm. uh, Tom's trailer, he lost the keys to it. <laughs> so the... <laughs> <laughs> and Andy lost the keys to the truck. That's got to be a, that's like a Dan story a right there. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we can't get to the racetrack. I lost the keys to the uh, well, we truck can get to and the, the trailer. We just can't oh, no, get he lost the keys to the truck, too. Truck and the trailer. Couldn't get to the <laughs> So we couldn't move the trucks to get a different truck on the trailer. Uh, I can hotwire the truck. That's not a problem, but. Oh, man. We're going to have to remind Tom about that. Yeah, yeah. That'll come up in another Hopefully he remembers. <laughs> it wasn't Tom that lost them. It was Jimmy's wife. Oh. Oh, Brianna. She lost them. Well, or at least that's what Tom tells you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, year number two. So you're going into year number two? Yeah. Okay. Uh, starting racing, obviously, uh, Little Sunset Speedway is not available anymore. Did you race there at all? Or um, No, I did not. I just wanted Eagle? to, but, uh, yeah, just Eagle because yeah. it was closer. Yep. And well, and it's tough to race two nights back-to-back, -back, Yeah. So Thursday and Friday deal. Uh, is still that plan? Or are you going to try to expand out this year and race a couple more tracks? Um, I'm hoping to race at Crete, if not Tuxedo, because those are both good tracks. Yeah, I've well, heard. Is Tuxedo the one that's gone? Now Blue River Raceway? Or yeah, it like just that? changed names, I believe. And controllers. Yeah, powers and, and everything. Yep, 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 yep. What uh, number are you running? Uh, 8R. 8R. And obviously the 8 in honor of uh, Jimmy. Yeah. So, cool. What's the R stand for? Uh, Roman. Roman. Kind of figured. 
I just wanted to make question. sure. Yeah, it's a good cover. <laughs> We're testing you. You're doing very good on these. I tell you what, these kids' interviews this, this week have been really, really good. Now, there's a guy you can impress right over there. He's always looking for drivers. Yeah. <laughs> He's. you know who that is? No. It's okay if you don't. What? Uh, young, talented sprint car driver, or uh, a future sprint car driver. Uh, grab the yellow one, Tyler. There you go. Uh, Roman Mason. Not Rowan Mason. We yeah, I race go-karts against Rowan. Yeah, this is yeah. Roman no, Mason. He, he doesn't have any idea who Rodog is, but he okay. gets called Rodog. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Uh, he is racing uh, Jimmy Grosso's, uh, well, Tom Grosso's cart in tribute of Jimmy. Yeah, I just got done talking to Tom. You did? Listen to him. Oh, yeah, you were at the Eagle Race booth. I saw yeah. you. He'll steer you in all the right directions. Yeah. <laughs> He's won a sprint car racer, too. Yeah. He He's, raced Eagle. Yep. He's, he won the 2021 Race Saver Nationals. Oh, you did? That, you know that, <laughs> that probably seen the video clip of the, the last corner? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's him. Oh, I just is. crashed yeah. first in line. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, can lose his, he can lose his trailer keys because mm-hmm. he can just drive the couple miles over to the racetrack. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Scuff his tires in. <laughs> Budget uh, racing. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so... Racing mostly Eagle this year. What's the big plans? Where do you want to head to? Uh, and where do you want to go? Um, kind of just want to stay at Eagle. And then after the season of Eagle, I kind of want to go over to um, uh, the Turkey Chase. Or the tur- Lancaster. Yep. Yeah. At the Lancaster Event Center. Yep. And then I want to go to the cart shootout again. What about a five-year plan? Uh, continue through carts for a while, or do you hope um, you have aspirations of a different class? I hopefully want to go through carts at least like maybe two more years, and then yeah. after that, I kind of want to move up maybe to a micro or a okay. mini, and then a year after that, I want to hope up to move to a sprint. Sprint's kind of the path you want to go, yeah. not late model or modified. Maybe, maybe not. See, see what happens. See where it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever, whatever Tom wants to buy for you. Yeah, see what drive. the sponsor says. <laughs> That'll dictate it quite a bit. Roman Mason, man, thanks a lot for your help. Do you have any sponsors you want to make sure and thank? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Uh, DPO Construction, that's my, uh, that's my father. Uh, and then Omaha Fireplace Services and Big Red Kino. Those Big are Red my... Kino is your sponsor. Nice. Yep. That's a Tom big sponsor. <clears throat> yeah, Tom make sure Grosso. to thank Tom. Thank yeah. Tom. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he may randomly lose the keys again if you don't thank him. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, don't forget to forget your, thank mom, your mom. mom, mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us again for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Big thanks to our sponsors, Quaker Steak and Lubin Council Bluffs, Rick Haven Ridge. Find out what Rick can do for you today at rickhavenridgeadvice.com, Tailored Computers and Repair, and, of course, Joe's Carding. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back.